Hello, another week and another edition of the Mary Poppins of Business Live Show. I'm really excited to have you here with me today. I'm sure that you probably, especially if you're in Europe, there's a heat wave going on. So you're enjoying the weather. I hope you have a lot of barbecues plans. And if you are in the office, especially if you are part of the leadership team, it's a little bit hot as you need to figure out a lot of things around uh, the organization so that you can start adopting this hybrid work style. There's a lot of questions, there's a lot of planning involved. And one of the questions that many, many business leaders have been asking is, what is head of remote? This is a question that someone sent me, sent it through to me a while back. And um, as you can see, I'm now answering it live for everybody so that we can start a healthy discussion within our community as well. So for anyone watching out there, if you have questions on how to structure your operations of your organization, especially when we're talking hybrids, or you are a startup, scale up, really, battling some aspect of developing your products or your leadership teams or leadership within your organizations, please don't hesitate to reach out, send me any question on any social media channels, and I'll be happy to answer you live on a future show, or you can join the discussion as well so that you can we can uh, comment and uh, have a discussion going. Before I jump in and really start looking at the question of head of remote, what is it? I'm aware that many people haven't really heard of the terminology. But before we get to, to that, First, let's, uh, second thing, a big favor I have to ask you, if you are a startup or you know a startup or a scale-up that is interested um, in wanting to find a way to kind of talk a little bit about their product and more importantly, talk about their journey, especially going through the pandemic, reach out to me. I would love to interview you, give you my platform, share your vision, your products, your ideas with my followers. Last year was really tough for many startup leaders out there, especially in the technology sector. And this year as well has been quite challenging. So how about spending the time together to really go through your experience so that your story can motivate others out there. And who knows, you might find new followers and also people might be interested in your product, especially if your product helps when it comes to workplace and um, how people can be more effective and uh, embrace this hybrid working lifestyle as well. And of course, for everybody else, do like and subscribe so that we can grow the channel as we're going along. Now, let's jump into the meat of the discussion of today. What is head of remotes? Anybody online right now who has any idea, please feel free to use the comments box and ask any questions. And I will be reviewing them and we pop them on the screen as well to share with everybody else. The term head of remote is something that's quite new for many people, of course, for those who have been in the real, let's say the remote world pre-pandemic, rather than calling the real remote world, this this uh, this position kind of existed. There are many companies, for example, GitLab is a really good organization, especially when it comes to the remote uh, community that they have created and also the remote culture that they've created internally. Organizations have always been remote. They've had 50 plus people kind of starting to with this new trend of head of remote. However, right now, many other companies, even Facebook and others, are either thinking about it or are bringing them in. The title changes and depends. Some, some are called director of remote, a VP of remote. But the idea is that there is this new position that's being created at the leadership level to help with coordinating and making sure that this new transition happens and continues to happen as well. 
So the question is, should we really have a head remote? What if there's maybe 10 of us in our organization, or maybe 15 or less than 50 people? What if there's more, more much more? Should we really look into that? And if we do not have the budget of the position, position available to have a full-time head of remote, what are our choices? That is what we are going to tackle, and that's what we are going to look at today as well. Now, if you are a manager, you might be thinking, well, you know, I'm, I'm a team lead, I'm a manager, I don't really have a decision, or I can't really hire a head of remote. Should that really watch this show? I will say yes, as I will be sharing with you some tips that you can use to start thinking, not just at the level of uh, at the organization, but at your team level as well. For anyone who's been on my live show, my trainings workshops, I always like to empower managers to think about not just uh, supporting the culture being created at the organizational level, but also to create the culture at your own team level as well, so that they both matches and they can you can also um, kind of create a stronger team. So we will be starting with that. Now let's look again into this idea of uh, uh, remote working and head of remote. Whenever people think about head of remote, again, the title might change. A lot of people are preferring the term hybrid working because it's kind of in different places and people in different places in the office and remote as well. Should we worry about it or not? One of the questions I always ask whenever you start looking at whether we, you should or what you need to do for head of remo remote is the word employee experience. What is the experience of your employees? And when you start thinking about the experience of your employees in the office or at home, also think about the employee that you don't have just yet, so that people out there that could be joining your company in a, a few months when you start recruiting. So, the, so who is responsible for the positive employee experience and also making sure that the decision, all the strategies, the plans that you have put together, that you have come together in an organization, you finally created, how do you make sure that it's bearing fruits? How do you make sure that that uh, you, you're actually being productive and that is actually working or whether it needs to be tweaked or not? One of the challenges when it comes to this idea of hybrid working is the fact that people are not in the same place. Again, pre-pandemic or traditional time, if you can call it that already, you had uh, different aspects of kind of flexibility that were offered. But most of the time, it was really the, the people are in the office. People are distributed, which means that you have a site maybe in one country or different towns, but you have physical offices where people go for different towns as well. And then you had the remote, so the people who had no offices at all. And those are usually referred to as remote first. So now, how is that different than hybrid? Well, creating a culture where everybody are in the same place and the method of communication is predominantly face-to-face it's challenging, as you can, you can see, but it's uh, something that uh, is a lot easier. Creating a culture when everybody is remote, so you know that the, all of the collaboration will be on camera or distance or asynchronous uh, using Slack and everything else, can also be challenging, as with everything else, but is also much easier. Why? The person or the, the HR, the leadership team, when they are thinking about what to do, they know that there's only kind of one way of structuring the organization. However, when it comes to, re to hybrid working, it becomes more challenging because you need to be intentional about making sure that even if you have people face to face, the aspects of work that happens when you are disconnected, that happens online, are also done in the right way. 
So it's not just enough to thought that if you have a team, most majority are in the office at one, one point of time, you also need to think about our meetings. Are they set up so that if someone is at home, can have exactly the same experience as if they were in the office? Are we showing or are we promoting a culture that if you are based in on the same side with the managers, you get more favors, you get the better projects, you get uh, heard a lot more than people who are not there. So this, those are the challenges, and that's why it's important to have someone in charge, someone that really thinks about the intricacies of your organization and also on the different culture. So what does a head of remote do? Well, they really kind of think a little bit about the operation of your organization. They don't take over operations because you still will have people on the operation looking into that. But they start thinking about different departments and how they can do things differently and adapt and to uh, adapt and move on to the remote workplace. When people struggle with remote, I again, one example I want to share with you just to bring it to, to life in terms of people already thinking, you know, what if we don't have um, the budget to hire a head of remote, what do we do? Well, let's go back in the day, back in the traditional world as well. It was really common back in the days to have, uh, for example, the sales team are not in the office. So most of uh, the department could be in the office and sales come in and go because of the nature of their work as well. Or you could have a situation where some team members might be located in other places in the country and they come and go at different times. The most common was distributed teams. And I had I led distributed teams uh, if, uh, well, over, over the years, really. And one of the great examples was when I was running a team where the in terms of physical location we had one office in in cambridge in the uk one in cyprus in the us and one in pune in india so when you look at the culture and the way the hr and the leadership team they really need to make sure that there are cross communication against the continents now when it becomes exciting is when you start looking at managing a project or program which i ended up doing when i was transitioning from software engineering into management this is the point where you start seeing a different aspect. Of course, it's not called hybrid in the sense of the word as we're calling it today. But those are examples of people thinking, have I ever done that before? Or is this something that we've done before? Think about those hybrid moments that we used to have back in the days and the challenges that you had and how you can improve the, uh, the experience. One of my favorite uh, examples and one of the reasons why I ended up tra transferring into leadership was um, as an engineer, I love coding. Obviously, it's part of my work, designing software, working with my team. We were building larger and larger projects. And at one point, I was managing uh, a project where we had, I had about 20 engineers in three continents, testing teams, and their managers, business analysts, and all those people that you have to kind of coordinate as well. But the key was, or the challenge, at least initially, was how do you get people in different time zones or in different locations to be able to come together and talk about the challenges and um, assess the experience of the team as well, which is why I was earlier I was talking about if you're a manager, ask yourself those questions as well. How am I assessing the experience of my team, especially if we are not going to be in the same location? One example that uh, one thing that happened a lot when we had meetings, people that were on the same side as I was, let's say Cambridge, because I was leading the meeting, they tend to be more vocal. And people on the other side sometimes are quite quiet. Sometimes they are calling from home, sometimes they are calling from offices, depending on obviously the time zone and, the, and, and everything. And then you're wondering, are people really engaging in this meeting? Are people really getting the benefits? Are people on different sides really, really, uh, really hurt? 
And as I was working and back in the days, we didn't have any Slack or anything like that that makes life so much easier today. I created a new system of communication. I hacked SharePoint and created a system where we are we kind of implemented asynchronous communication. There was no need for all of us to meet every single day to update on the work that we were doing because, again, it's really impractical based on the time zone and it's not a good use of our time. But what we did, we communicated with each other. At the end of your day, there is a page on SharePoint that we created and I got the team to update that with what they were doing. There was a special page for issue, so that if there's any critical problems, which used to be a problem, uh, which uh, the cause of disagreement between the different sites, if there was a problem on one site, before they head off, because the overlap might not be that long, they put it on that SharePoint page, and when the next site or the next people come in, they can pick that up. What it meant was that we had places where we communicated issues. So if anyone wanted to know where the problems are, they go into one specific page. If one, someone wants to know where we are with projects, what the initiative, when I needed to remind people of actions, I will tag them. And we, we had all of those set up. So that's kind of one of the things that you need to start thinking about when you're putting together your team and improving the communication, making life easier for them. But that's not, that's not all. That could be the easiest part. And of course, when I started doing those things, starting managing uh, teams remotely, we didn't have all the tools that we have, which make things life easier. But the tools are only just one aspect. You know, the processes are only one aspect. The challenge and the hardest part of creating culture is to make, to make sure that people are working based on what was agreed together so that we can watch, uh, work proficiently. What does it mean? For example, as one of my clients will tell you, I have one rule. When I was working with, with, with people, even uh, say startup and helping them develop their product, one of the rules is if you are going to share a document with me and with the team, don't send me the Word document. Please upload that somewhere where we can all review, or review that. For example, if we are using conference, put our documentation, our communication goes into conference rather than emails so that it's open, transparent, easy to change, and, and also increases the collaboration. But that's a bit of a mindset shift, right? Because suddenly people are used to working with uh, by sending you documents and only put it online when it's perfect. You're asking them to kind of open up and put the information on conference to make it easy to share. Um, and they're kind of like, wow, we, we, do we really need to do that? And the second thing as well is that people work preferences as well. Sometimes it's different to change habits. So if someone was used to sending Word documents to one person by email, and suddenly they have to open up and start using asynchronous communication, you start using Slack or conference, things that are more open to everybody to see, there's a bit of ner nervousness and they need to change the habits and they might even just forget. We're all human after all. Now, one of the things I used to do, and I still do, whenever I work with a new team, I remind them of what we agreed. Obviously, we have a discussion, we agreed, remind people, but then someone will, one day will send you a document. Now, as a leader, it's up to you to kind of enforce the good habits that you want your team to take on and uh, to take forward. So I will send a message and say, thanks for sending me this document. Could you please upload it as we, uh, as we said? If it was an email, could you please put it on conference? If it was Slack and it's not how we agreed, could you please put it on conference or OneDrive or whatever tool that we use? So that's really another really, really important part. And people might go like, oh, there's only two lines. You can quickly review it and give me the feedback. But the point is not just the feedback. It's about creating and embedding a culture. 
Now, if we take those kind of two examples that I've, I've given you, first of all, I hope it helps, especially if you're a manager or a team lead and you have any feedback, please do share in the comments. But I hope it helps to start thinking about ways to, in, in, to help your team embed this new way, ways of working. It's, of course, difficult for a lot of people to adapt and really start changing the way we communicate, the changing the way we discuss, try to move away from emails as it's sometimes time consuming and the conversation doesn't flow always the right way. But then how do you do that when you start looking at a higher level of an organization? That's where the head of remote comes in. And that's why even if you might think, I don't have the budget to hire someone, kind of think a little bit about who will be responsible to support team member embed the changes that we are bringing in the organization as well. So it's really kind of you know, take a, a few seconds to really think a little bit about the about that and how you are going to help your teams. Imagine it again, it's not just one department at this point. We're looking at different departments. People will have different challenges based on their work. They will have different questions. How can they adapt? How can they do the things differently? And who keeps them accountable? So when we're looking at, again, this head of remote roles and what they're responsible for, as I said earlier, we talked about the, the employee experience, right? So when we talk about the employee experience, we, we also mentioned this idea of what about the employees that are not in your company just yet? Who is responsible to make sure or to support other people, other departments to embed new talents in the right way? Again, that's where the head of remote role it becomes um, even more relevant. So if you're thinking about onboarding and hiring new team members, of course, you will have the recruitment team. Of course, you are going to have HR. Of course, you're going to have the team leaders or the managers that will be responsible for the, the, uh, the process of bringing them in. But you also want to work with someone who is completely cross-functional, like the head of remote. They don't really sit in isolation to help you, to give you the advice that you need to, to, so that you can maybe change the way you do your onboarding, maybe change the way, especially the first few days in the organization, if you are going to be remote, especially that people might not, it's not, might not be the same people in the office at the same time, how can you change the experience so that the new talents coming in the organization can really feel at home? There's a lot of things that can be implemented, whether it's a body system or more. But then again, who is responsible for making people accountable to make sure that this happens? Now, whenever I speak to that to my clients, especially the person who the, the, the one of them who asked me this question and whether she needed to, she said, well, we do have HR and we gave up operation managers. Can't they just take that responsibility? Or we can split up, you know, the CEO does a little bit, the operation does a little bit, HR does a little bit, manager do a little bit, which is fine. Now, the question is, when you say do a little bit, one of the things you need to be aware is a little bit in addition to what you are already doing, right? So if you imagine uh, all of the leadership team, I mean, especially right now, pretty much everybody at a different level of the organization, especially if you have furloughed some of your team members, there's a lot more responsibility that people are taking. People are already busy. If you are a small organization, that's uh, you, you fast-paced organization, or whatever you are doing, it's very likely that the people that need to be accountable and really responsible for embedding this uh, this uh, new culture, the hybrid culture in the organization, also have a already other responsibilities and the day-to-day -day things that they need to, to work on and they need to manage. How easy or how will it be for them to take on this new role? 
Do they have the capacity to really be the person that everybody else in the organization, all of the other managers, all of the other team members, who are trying new ideas, who are trying to, um, new habits really, who are trying to change how they work, Will they get the support they need from someone who might also be really busy as well? Those are kind of things that you need to think about when you're asking yourself whether you need the head of remote or not, and who or maybe who could do that role as well. But one thing to be very clear before, before I give you some ideas for organizations that do not have head of remote or for teams or managers who are thinking, I'm not going to hire head of remote, but what can I do for my team to have them in this hybrid world as well? One thing that you need to bear in mind, the head of remote is not a, you shouldn't really be seen as your, the person that will be writing the processes for you. The head of remote is not really the person that will come in and take over the, the role of the operation. They are the people that have a wide range of experience that can really help the organization and different departments really create the strategy that they need. But they are not the people that will be sitting there going to every single department and be responsible for rewriting. They can support you in the rewriting process if they have the capacity, but they, they really need to be available and accessible so that they can kind of look across the organization and support, create strategy across the organization to be there to support and embed the culture as well. So don't think that you might you will say, well, I'm just gonna hire a head of remote and just bring them in to rewrite your processes. That won't be a good investment uh, for, of their time and for uh, your money as well. The second question that people say, well, does it do the title matter? Should I really have a head of remote or should I just get someone within the organization, give them the role, make them some kind of champion with it without giving them a title? I would say that it really depends on the culture of your organization and how how, how you work. I am not a big fan of title because I can, I will do my work regardless of what you call me. You want me to get it done? I will get it done. I've done that ever since day one or day zero when I finished university. I was a software engineer. I go in there, do my work. If you want me to take more responsibility, I will do that. That's, that's life for me. Unfortunately, not everybody see it that way. One of the reasons why when title become important is really when your role goes across boundaries of different departments. If you are responsible for bringing something in the organization, it's go cross-functional, then you be, be prepared to know that there will be a, an element of conflict. And again, as I will be talking about conflicts in a few months as part of this show, conflict is not always bad. We all know that positive conflict should really happen in organizations, and organizations that do not have a healthy amount of positive conflicts are probably don't probably don't have trust and other things are going on. But sometimes there are negative conflicts and there's a lot of silos or different teams not really working well together. And what tends to happen is I, I've been in these situations before where I was, uh, I was, I was um, entering head of products for an organization and um, the director of marketing was always using the, the uh, title, I'm director, so we shouldn't be doing this way. I'm like, well, I'm the, yes, I understand that, but that's not the, the only valid reason for making the changes that we need to make to improve the culture of the organization. But unfortunately, sometimes I found that, again, depending on the culture of the organization, people rely on titles to make life a little bit more difficult. Should you answer this fight by creating a new title? 
Of course not. It just, again, depends on your organization. It depends on who you're hiring, how good they are. Because for me, again, I managed to navigate that situation without asking for a direct title. But other people might not have um, the, the, it might not feel comfortable if it's the first time that it happens to them. Because again, it depends on experience. So that's another thing to really look at. Just to finish off on our lovely show today, first of all, a reminder to like, subscribe. If, if there's anything that I've said today that resonates with you, please do, do let us know, do comment on social media and tag us. We always love to know what our followers are thinking so that we can continue with the quality of the show as well. If you know anybody who's a startup and tech startups and might want to come on the show to talk about their products, to talk about the experience, talk about their services, we really want to find out what drives, motivates startups, leaders, managers, so that we can share this wealth of knowledge with our platform as well. Now, to finish off, what if we do not have a uh, head of remote? What can we do? We know it's really important. We know that we need to have someone that will help to embed the culture, to help the company create the strategy, to have the different teams and departments come together to create something. What are the options that we have? Well, when you first start, even especially when you, you are still creating the strategy, your best bet might be to work with a consultant or work with someone who's an expert external that helps you put together the strategy. Once you have the strategy and it's a day-to-day -day running, yes, you can then start considering a head of remote. But if you wanted to, especially once you've created the strategy, you work with other organization, other consultant that helps you uh, well, remote work expert that helps you create what you need for your organization and you can now create um, you can create like a remote workshop champions within your organization so for example the champions can be sat at the leadership level so it could be someone from HR someone with organizational design experience someone from the operations team and their role is really to be able to support all of the other team members to continue with the what was agreed in terms of the strategy you might want to get someone from your team, especially someone who has some awareness of what it takes to work remotely. Maybe it's something that they've done in the past. You might give them the role as well. You might create a group of champions. So especially if you have a large organization where every single team has someone that can put their hands up and also help the teams to embed, embed the new decision and the new culture in the organization. But even then, how do you give them more support? So in terms of giving them more support, they can come together and start working in collaboration. So all the champions work in collaboration, share ideas, and maybe they are also mentored and bringing coaches uh, now and again to help them to make sure that they still have inform good information. If they're stuck or feel out of their depth, they, there is someone uh, they can go and speak to as well. Training for leaders works. And I think training for managers is even more important not just training as in please go on this training and walk away but think a little bit about how can you refresh the train the training that you give to your managers even whether it, there's it's just by sending them reminders on what they can do creating different channels and of or sending the information to them last week we talked about internal podcasting and ways that you can start reimagining the way communication flows within your organization we talked to, uh, over the few, last few weeks sorry, in, the, in the videos, we talked about asynchronous communication. How can all of those methods be used? 
in addition to training for leaders and managers to help them feel more accountable and to help them feel more uh, empowered and also feel like, yes, I've got what I need to be able to implement the strategy that's been created and designed by the, uh, the, the leadership team so that we can continue to flow as well. One last and more important things, of course, I can talk about this topic. If anyone has any questions, uh, please do feel free and I'll be more than happy to, um, to, to answer you. But one last thing, regardless of whether you have a head of remote or not, please, please, even at the team level, make sure that you are planning the changes that you need to do. I always talk about juggling short-term and long-term goals. Moving to the hybrid work is way more than just saying that yes we've now agreed that some of us are in co-working place that some of us are in the office that some of us are at home those are just the beginning as you are going into that world whether you are the leadership team or not you will find some niggles some issues on things that don't work quite well so if you are have a team and work together and know what you are going to do make sure that you have metrics goals or cares whatever you want you want it to be but you really measure and you track the progress that you are making so that you can change the strategy if it is not working, that you can see the improvements, that you can see that you are moving forward. Without planning, without having any goals, what's going to happen is that, well, <laughs> and the thing that you wanted to do will always be secondary because people are busy, people are doing other things and things that are, that are not featured as part of a plan, that, that are not tracked, not measured, usually they do not happen so there you there, there you have it head of remote should you have it or not and if not what should i do about it if you wanted to speak to a, a remote work expert do give me a shout i'll be more than happy to continue the conversation with you and also send you more material and information that you might have as you are either planning the strategies for your team or just want to update your own skills and thinking about you know mentoring coaching leading training how do i do all of that I'd be happy to talk more. And if you wanted me to speak in depth about any of those topics or anything else, do reach out, find me on social media, and I'll be happy to give you more information. For now, do like, subscribe my show, and don't forget, enjoy the weather, especially if there's a heat wave going where you are. And um, please, let's design a happy and productive workplace together. <laughs>